Welcome into Through the A, Razorback Dave coming to you live from the Avcare Studios, brought to you by Waltz Infection Control Products and my cohort, the common fans only, Austin Dunstan. Austin, I got so sick of hearing those announcers <laughs> say air raid on Saturday night. Dude. I could not oh stand my God. it. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my God. I had to, I had to mute it. I had to put in Chuck Barrett in my headphones. I mean, I couldn't stand it, man. It was it wasn't even just oh, air raid this, air raid that. It was you know, oh, you can see why Arkansas is you know probably not going to win this one. Why they haven't won one in two years? Blah 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 blah. Well, they stuck it to them, went into Starkville, and came out with the win for the first time in over one thousand days since two thousand seventeen. How about them hogs, man? I don't want to hear any more about the pirate or the bandwagon. Or the Nothing. cowbell. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I got so, and I think I said on both of your shows last week that Arkansas had a chance to win this ball game, and I think on one of them I even called the score seven point Arkansas by seven. It was on through the A last week. You said Arkansas by a touchdown, and I said I like Arkansas to cover, maybe even to win. Um, and look at that, by okay, a touchdown. Sure enough, Hogs come out on top. Well, and my theory kind of played out. I, I well sort of played out. I didn't realize Barry Odom would have as good of a game plan to slow them down as he did. But 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 here was my thought process. LSU was probably playing third-team defensive backs because they'd lost 22 starters from last year and they had some other people vacate and they were down to they were down to the scout team trying to field a defense last week. And I contend right. that and you can say what you want to about Arkansas, but their ones are better than anybody in the conference's twos and threes. They just are. And we've got some good players in the secondary. I thought that would be enough to slow them down. What I didn't know was is that instead of playing man to man like LSU, Barry Odom had them in a three man front playing eight deep in the zone, and that was what did them in. Yeah, I think to say that Barry Odom had a good game plan is an understatement. I mean, what Barry Odom did with this defense was a masterpiece. I mean, it, it, it could not have gone any better. I mean, he saw that the LSU was playing man the whole night, and they didn't make adjustments, and it got them beat. Well, Arkansas went out there and said, you know what? We're going to rush three, we're going to drop eight, and we're going to make you find soft spots in our zone. And when he couldn't, he would get impatient and he was he was going to throw him balls. And that is exactly how it went. And the plan worked to perfection. You cannot give enough props to Barry Odom. What just a masterful job by Arkansas's defensive coordinator. I mean, beautiful. Well, not only that, I think they took advantage of the fact. I don't think Costello has the arm strength of a Ryan Mallett or a Peyton Manning or a, a, a Joe Burrow or somebody like that. So – if you got your defensive back, if you got everybody spread out in coverage, eight guys, and there's not really, there may look like there's a hole in the zone, but there may not be a hole in the zone. And that we got, what we, I called, I was sitting in West Memphis watching it with my dad, and um, before they kicked it off, they were just 
course, they were air raiding and pirating and all that crap on television. I looked over at my cousin. I said, you know what? Arkansas intercepts it twice in the first half. And how many times they intercept in the first half? Exactly two times. I called it. Now, I almost, almost <laughs> flubbed it. They, that last one came just right before the half, but it was enough to keep us in the lead going into the half. And, and to be yeah. fair, I really thought in a perfect world – when you're rebuilding from the ground up like Sam Pittman and his coaching staff are doing, aside from, say, the year that Houston Nutt came in as a new coach and ran off eight eight in a row before anybody stopped him, um, the normal court progression in a rebuild like that is, okay, they played Georgia for three and a half quarters. You know, they played – they should have played Mississippi State, you know, into the fourth quarter – and then the depth should have taken over, and they probably should have lost that ball game. But the, the two things that fate wasn't counting on is that Mississippi State helped us out a little bit, and our defense just would not quit. I was looking at a stat. Uh, Mississippi State was four of six on fourth down, but the two they missed in the fourth quarter were critical. Big one. I mean, those were huge stops by the defense right there. And I mean, that's another – I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the players. Obviously, they stepped up. I mean, they had injuries. I'm sure we'll get into that. And every man – it was just next man up mentality. But on those two specific plays, Arkansas had been giving Mississippi State a certain look all night long. And when they had to switch it up, had to catch them off guard, and had to get the stop, Barry Odom made the perfect play call and stopped them both times when they absolutely had to have it. I mean, it's literally a masterpiece by Barry Odom. Well, and, and, and to that end, when they got the ball back with a minute and 10 seconds left and no timeouts, Odom really didn't have to change anything. They hadn't beat us deep all night. They weren't going to beat us deep right there. They didn't have any timeouts. Getting to fourth down on that first set of downs was critical. Because would yeah. they have fourth and four and they got the first down and then but I think they only had like four seconds left in the game. By the time they went through that first set of downs, the time was gone. And and yeah. and but the, but they could they couldn't beat us deep and they weren't gonna beat us with a field goal. Now think about this. Had they taken the field goal on those two fourth down plays they ran in the fourth quarter, they might it might have looked different in that Arkansas maybe plays a little bit differently because they don't have to get in the end zone. They've only got to get to the, what, 30-yard line or whatever it is to right. kick a field goal to win the ball game. But since they didn't take those points, and and I thought in the first half when they were going for it on fourth down every time they got a fourth down, I thought, you know what, they're making these, but you don't, wake, you don't make them all. Nobody, but the right. percentages are against you to be 100% on fourth down, and they had to know that if they were getting them early late in the ball game, they probably weren't going to get them. Well, you know, they actually asked Pittman in his, his post-game presser, were you surprised that Mike Leach went on six fourth downs or went for it on six fourth down tries? And he said, not really. I mean, we know that's who Mike Leach is as a coach. You know, he is called the Pirate. He's an interesting character. Uh, that's what he's known for is, you know, rolling the dice, being creative. Uh, so Arkansas was prepared. I don't know if they meant to go for it six times. Uh, at least from a Mississippi State standpoint. But Arkansas certainly was ready, and it showed. Um, coming up with two huge stops uh, in the fourth quarter there. I mean, one of them was from uh, a turnover by the offense inside uh, Arkansas territory. If you remember, 
um, we fumbled. It was a it was a weird exchange, I think. And uh, Mississippi State fell on it, and the defense stepped up big time. Came up with the fourth down stop. Offense got it back. Had another three and out. Kicked it away, and defense came up with another huge stop. I mean, yeah. this game was all on the defense, um, and I. I I, it was a lot easier watching it the second time, that's for sure. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the replay. I taped it last night, or somebody taped it for me, and I'm going to watch it later. Uh, but, yeah, on that particular set of downs, um, Franks tried to stick it in, and I, I think what he did was read the play wrong because the defensive end took the running back, and he tried to leave the ball. And I think whoever the running back was, it was either Smith or maybe Warren coming around on the on the jet sweep. Uh, but but <laughs> the guy that was supposed to get the ball read it too and thought, well, the defensive backs, the defensive end's coming at me. I'm not going to get it, and he he stuck it in there, and it hit the ground, yeah. and that was you know, and that was that. But the defense came up big. Like I say, those two yeah. those two times they came up big were the difference in the ball game. I th- I think I thought special teams got better. Special teams they didn't did. give up near as much yardage, and and they you know they they punted. They covered the punts a lot better, uh, but I tell you one thing: I thought was going to get us early was the was the f- officiating. The officiating in this Man. ball game was horrible. It You're was horrible. That was a fumble. That that one play yeah, where they it, gave it back to him was a fumble, and you can make an excuse. Well, it wasn't all the way out. Well, out is out. That's not the rule. It's either yeah, in or it's out. Rule. And I just I'm, I'm like you now. You know me. I love a good conspiracy theory, but I think that you know they set that record of offense down there against LSU last week. Everybody bought into the hype, and they did everything. Even on that last drive, when they were trying to get down the field to tie the ball game, they called us for uh, unnecessary roughness. And I don't oh, even yeah. think our player touched the guy. He had he his did. hands out, and the guy fell, but I don't think he touched him. Well, no. Actually, what happened was is Mike Woods came in, and he got shoved a little bit, and he pushed back. Now, he did push. And it was a little excessive, um, but the whistle, it's debatable if it was before, after, or during. Uh, Mississippi State guy didn't even fall, didn't even try to sell it. Um, I mean, but it was just – either way, you know, Pittman got on Mike Woods right there because you can't let that happen. There can't even be a doubt. Well, yeah, and you're talking about you're talking about the uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct there when we were trying to run the clock out. I'm talking right, about – what, what okay, are you I'm talking fast, about? Fast forward from there. When okay. they're they're coming down the field to try to tie the ball game, they, this is their last possession, and they got we got another unnecessary roughness penalty in that drive. Did we? Yes, we did. If I remember it right, we got it. We got an unnecessary roughness penalty in that drive, or maybe it was the drive before we got the ball back to run the clock out. But on one of those I'm two, not sure. and one of those I have two to go drives, back and watch. watch the fourth quarter again, late in the ball game. They're going to catch one of our our defensive guys for unnecessary roughness, and he's got his hands extended, but the defender doesn't get to him, and he just falls down, and they throw the flag. They were looking for yeah. any reason to give them a chance to win the ball game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, when that fumble happened, I think I texted you and just said, we just got screwed. Oh, and yeah. you said, yep. And then two plays later, pick six. Pick six. Uh, who, uh, who was it? Um, it wasn't Joe Fouché. It was, uh, was help it me out here. Montrake Brown? Was it, it no, was one Montaric Brown. Well, oh, I, 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 I can't believe I'm blanking right, right now. Hang on, let me get to that. Defense, defense. Greg Brooks. Oh, Greg Brooks Jr. Greg Brooks there we Jr. go. Okay. 
Greg Brooks Jr. takes it to the house. I text you back. I just said the ball does not lie. And <laughs> you can't fool. You, you can be biased. You can call all the calls you want. But at the end of the day, that football is going to hurt you. It is not going to lie. And the truth came out in the form of a pick six. And I was loving it. I was eating it up, dude. Yeah. Now, so uh, we'll talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, there was one time in the ball game. Where you both, you and I both agreed that we got a chance to see the real Kendall Brawls offense. You know, when, right. well, for and before you know, Raheem Boyd went down, he was he he was able to get some traction. He was starting to heat it up, and um, some things started to open up. But the, I thought they executed a lot better on offense. Now nobody scored in the fourth quarter. I thought that no. was 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 amazing that neither one of these teams scored in the fourth quarter, but. Kendall Bryles offense, they made a big leap from last week to this week. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you, you definitely saw flashes of what Kendall Bryles offense is supposed to look like. It's, you know, a big gain on first down leads to a quick to the line, deep shot, doesn't work out, quick to the line, get the first down, repeat, right? So you get all the way down to the end zone. And you definitely saw flashes of that. Now, Traylon Smith stepped up big time. Um, when Rakeem Boyd went out with what I think was an ankle. I saw him wearing a boot. Um, I have not gotten confirmation on what that exactly was. Uh, but Traylon Smith, the, I believe he went, I think he's in Arizona State transfer, steps up big time for the Hogs. Uh, couldn't get the run game going like you could if you had Rakeem Boyd and all SEC type back, back there. But he definitely had that Mississippi State defense worried about him enough to open up the pass game. And essentially, the offense did just enough to win the game. I mean, it didn't exceed expectations uh, by any means. Uh, and they did, definitely didn't do more than they had to. Uh, but they did enough to win the game. And I think with, uh, you know, the history that Arkansas has been through in the past, you know, two and a half seasons, I think that that's probably what you're going to get in a first win. Well, I mean, them no not doubt. really knowing how to put it away, but still coming out on top is, is, is massive. Well, and that's kind of what I was talking about a minute ago, that during the normal course progression of a rebuild, you get right to the tip and you don't really – it takes longer to tip that bottle over. You know, that, remember we used to go to the water park and they'd have that bucket filling up with water, and yeah. when they get to the tipping right. point, it'd just douse everybody. Well, it yeah. just didn't take as long to tip the bucket this time. You know, typically it takes three or four chances in the fourth quarter to tip that bucket. We got the bucket tipped in in, um, in two games, and that's hats off to, to Sam Pittman and his staff for that. Traylon Smith, uh, 14 carries, 48 and 8 yards. His longest carry was 11 yards. He was averaging 3.4 yards a carry, which, you know, I guess if you look at that just team to team, it doesn't mean much, but he he blocked a lot too. Uh, what had Franks through uh, – 28 times. So yep, 28. so he was having to pass block on a lot of that, and they didn't catch him out of the backfield, but maybe a couple times. Uh, but, but then the thing about Browse's offense that I like is his offense is a lot like eye candy. So he'll show you the same formation and the same first three steps of one play call. And then right. he's got all these options that can come at you after those first three steps. So he'd been sucking them in on that on that wide receiver screen. You know, put three wide out to the far side, <laughs> throw it to the underneath guy, the two other two receivers block. And, you know, they saw that a couple of times. And then, you know, the the one time that they they broke away from that, Franks could have literally thrown to he could have thrown to uh 
to Trey Knox. Yep. 30 yards short of the end zone, and nobody would have touched him going in because the only guy between him and the end zone went out of bounds trying to chuck Davion Warren. Right. So, I mean, Franks really had his pick. He could hit Trey Knox or he could hit Warren, and Warren was just standing wide open in the end zone. I mean, just pretty much standing there waiting on the ball. But he could have hit yeah. either one of those guys. I haven't seen open receivers like that. On a, in an Arkansas coach team in a while. And, you know, Hudson Hedry's touchdown was the same way. Same spot on the exactly. field, just basically standing in the end zone, waiting on the ball to get there. And I like yeah. that. I like the. It, it reminds me a lot of, of Bobby Petrino's offense. Bobby Petrino's offense was built on, okay, if the defense shows us this and we're lined up like that, quarterback's going over there. And then right, the, receiver, and the receivers are getting – see, and that was the one thing I think maybe that um, that maybe the air raid is predicated on, that they – you know, especially if they're getting man-to-man, they know if they run a certain distance in, in their route and they get a look at a certain spot, and then they're supposed to do something else. Well, against that zone with the speed that Arkansas had in the secondary – you know, they just weren't capable of doing it, and Arkansas was. They were able to do what they wanted to do when they had to do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, like I said, you, you know, <laughs> you're so good. playing I'd be dead now. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know, this as this offense continues to get polished up, I think, um, you're going to feel more confident uh, as the season goes on uh, because there has been flashes um, and it's not just a stagnant offense like, you know, you know whose was last two years. I, I think there's a lot of positives to take away and I think it's just going to continue to get better. I think you're right. I hear the music. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back with Through the A. Victory is such a sweet thing. getting sick to stay safe the cdc recommends you do five things one wash your hands two keep your hands away from your face three cough or sneeze into your elbow four keep your distance five if you're not feeling well stay in when you can't get to soap and water use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like bolts free it's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds lasts four times longer and won't damage or dry out your hands even if you use it many times a day store.avcare.com if you want to get you some waltz free hand sanitizing lotion recording live from the avcare studios sponsored by waltz infection control products this is through the a razorback dave along with austin dunstan from the common fan and i don't know (laughs) if there's anything like winning a big game i i hate close games like that i do i don't i i just i i can't you know, I, at one well, and then I like to watch those games by myself for the most part. Oh yeah, you know, I right. I, I was sitting with my dad, and my cousin, and they're just such. <laughs> they, okay, so you know, explain this to me. How can you go? I, I don't even know how you enjoy the game going from one extreme to another. 
I'm in, in the span of like 15 seconds. You know, I mean, we could get we could get a first down, and they oh, we're going to the Cotton Bowl. We're ten two in the Cotton Bowl, <laughs> and then we would not pick up a third down on the same drive. So uh, well, it was good while it lasted. I guess or just you know, it's it, we played them. We played them hard. I mean, I remember <laughs> in the fourth quarter, nobody scored. Now we got the yeah. ball, and we're we missed. We don't make the third on the on the play where. It, they they apparently need to go and uh, teach Felipe Franks how to take a snap from under center, if for no other reason to get a half a yard on a third or fourth and one, because he's yeah, like he six me. six. Yeah. You think uh, yeah. he's not going to do that from the shotgun? And uh, that discussion was even there. Well, what do they do when they're taking a knee? Well, they take the knee from the shotgun apparently. <clears throat> but the point of the story was we don't get that third and one. And right. I say, well. That's it. We played them close. Now we're ahead, twenty-one to fourteen. We're well, we played them close, but they'll come back and blow us out from here. Yeah, I, I can't. I finally that, had to go put my headphones on, listen to Chuck Barrett on the Arkansas Game Day app. Well, they have cable in West Memphis instead of a streaming uh, uh, a smart TV. So Chuck Barrett yeah. was a play behind the television, whereas he was like a right. play ahead of you on the on the stream. He was a he play was, behind yeah. me on on uh, on the. Uh, <laughs> on the on the cable so i would see it happen and then i'd hear chuck barrett call it and it was just the most frustrating thing ever man i tell you what dude i i was fortunate enough uh well i guess not fortunate i was i was a little sick under the weather over the weekend um (laughs) but i i guess i was fortunate enough to be able to watch this game by myself man and i i I think i already told you this but i'm gonna tell you again they say characters who you are when nobody's watching. Well, if somebody was watching me on Saturday night, they would think I belong in an insane asylum, dude. I'm talking screaming at the top of my lungs, jumping up and down on the ottoman like I was in the game. I mean, I was flipping off the TV. I was doing crazy stuff, man. And I was just by myself. But, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have it really besides being there any other way because I could just be myself. I could not have to hear what I didn't want to hear. I could, you know, speak my opinions without having anybody say anything back to me. Uh, there is definitely dude, a great there, deal of freedom in watching it by yourself because oh, you don't man. have to defend yourself for how you just acted and you don't oh, get, no, nobody no. judges you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, it, I wish I would have had a camera on me though. There were some quality moments well, there. There, I know there was a sure. camio- camera on you. I just never activated it. <laughs> well, you know what? It was a funny thing. I thought about turning it on just to see what you were doing. And then I dude. thought, no, nah, it'll, it'll jinx it. Okay. So let's uh, talk. Yeah, so let's yeah. talk about that. You, you told me oh, after the God. ball game that you actually single handedly won this game for the Razorbacks. I did. So what was, what was all about? <laughs> what was your you know, ritual? I'm going to start this out with saying, you know, um, Hunter Yurchek gave Sam Pittman the game ball, but I truly believe that they should, you know, get me on a flight to Springdale's airport and give me a game ball as well. Because let me tell you, man, when I say this superstition routine was extensive, I'm talking extensive, okay? I had a certain way I had to sit on offense. I had a certain way I had to sit on defense. I had two drinks. Neither could be empty. I couldn't finish them before the half was over. Had to sip them a certain way, a certain order, depending on if it was, you know, offense or we were on defense. I had to open certain apps on my phone. Had to leave them open. Couldn't close them. I had to close out certain apps. I'm telling you, this is not a joke. I don't know how you I cooked kept up popcorn. with it all. I cooked popcorn 
okay? And it was terrible. But the Razorbacks were winning, so I didn't throw it away. It sat on the counter all weekend long. I hope and you remember how to make it because you had to make it again Saturday. Well, I just messed it up, so it can't be that hard. I don't even know if it was I put the right stuff in there, dude. But I'm telling you, I, it, I was I, as much strategy went into this game. I probably matched that on Saturday with superstition alone. Well, through the A is going to give you the game ball for this one. Then <laughs> I had a couple of superstitions, but I, I, I since I wasn't by myself, I really, I really didn't get. I was more trying to avoid everybody else than I was trying to. But there were like so the one time. The, I, okay, I'll tell you. The two times they w- that Mississippi State went for it on fourth down, I got up and left the room, went to the bedroom, and listened to Chuck Barrett call it. So it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. It happened a good two minutes before I heard it happen. But on, yeah. on both of those fourth down plays, I had to get up and leave the room. I'm telling you, dude. And that's uh, that's another thing about watching it by yourself, man. You kind of drive yourself crazy, okay? Because there's you pay really close attention to what you're doing, right? So I had to match it exactly because it was just me and the TV. That was it. So I knew exactly what was going on every play, what I was doing. And it kind of drove me insane. You know, I would do something a little bit wrong and they'd mess up. Be like, oh, my God, I'm about to lose this game for for the Hogs. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm serious. I was going to have to call and, and resign as a fan if they lost that ball game. Well. Make <laughs> a public announcement. They recruit you back about Wednesday. Uh, we've <laughs> had a lot of we've had in. a lot of practice and costing them ball games. What uh, Man, how'd you feel dude. about the way Felipe Franks played Saturday? You know, here's his stats were. Uh, let me see if I can get this off top. He was twenty. I've got him twenty eight. Let me see if I get close though. Okay. He was twenty of twenty eight for two hundred and I want to say forty something yards. Two twelve. And two twelve, two hundred twelve yards. Okay, and two touchdowns. But the biggest stat that Felipe Franks had was zero interceptions. That's zero. the biggest now, He got sacked he three times, but his long, longest pass play was 52 yards. Yes. And Felipe Franks didn't, didn't play elite, right? But he did enough to win the ball game. And I've been saying it, Trey Biddy with Hog Sports has been saying it. You know, if Felipe Franks is just an average quarterback for us, that's a huge step up from the last oh, two a, seasons. It's a, and big, I think, it's a big elevation in talent for us. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think Felipe Franks will continue to get better. I think so. I I don't know why he wasn't in the game on the fourth and goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, not I heard, sure why I heard they why that. they did that. I, you know, and 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 that may be one of those things where the coaches have to talk about that one. You know, talk about it off air, and maybe they don't do that again. And and I'm not clear why. You know, I love T.J. Hammonds. I, I mean, he he's been with the team for. I mean, I think he Houston Nut recruited him, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. He's been wow. there a long time, but bless his heart, what they're trying to do with him right now is not working. So, and he's yeah. fast. If they're going to give it to him, they just need to give it to him out of the backfield, see if they can't get it to him in space, and let him get north and south because him running east to west and then trying to get north and south is not working out for him. Yeah, no, I think that's that's true, um, but. It's just, it's so hard for me to, you know, poo-poo this or, you know, hate on that. You know, you know going back to what you said about, you know, at the goal line. Well, they asked Pittman about it in the press conference, and he said he told his team on that drive, if they got down there on fourth and goal, he was going to go for it. Because at, at the position they were at in the field, the way the defense was playing, they felt like they could stop them, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they felt like they needed to get seven on the board, which, you know, in the end they didn't. 
but the big question was, you know, why did they take Felipe Franks out? I was going to say, because um, that's not the part he floated out there. Yeah, the it? part is, no, no. Well, you know, and I can't really blame him, man. That's something they practice every week. It works It works in practice, right? So, And if you practice the way you play, you know, you're probably going to be successful. You know, um, do I think it was the right call? No, but I don't hate it because they had practiced it and that was their game plan. Felipe wow. Franks has, had not been in that situation in practice because the, the package for that specific setting and down and yardage was with KJ in the backfield. I can see that. What I, I And I don't disagree with going for it on fourth down like the other people in the room with me. Um, however, I do think I would have stuck with the – I would have danced with what brung me there. And, and Franks had gotten him to that spot. I think they should have let him yeah. go ahead and finish up. I, I mean, well, and, you know, maybe next time they won't do that. They'll, they'll, exactly. they'll well, do something. But I, I, I do want to say I, one I, thing about him when they were running out the clock and got the, and got the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Mike Woods. Yeah. I think that he knew – he knew, and I he he has played. You you say he he managed the game. He didn't get his beat, and I think you're right. But you think he's a can be a much better quarterback, and I think you're right about that. And here's what I think about what we've seen on Felipe Franks so far. And I'm gonna start with when they were trying to take a knee. They they forced him to use their last timeout, and so there's what a minute and twenty four seconds on the clock, maybe a minute and thirty. So two knees. That kills 80 seconds, right? So that's that that's all but about 16 seconds. So he right. in his mind, he's thinking, okay, if I can bleed this thing for an extra five or six seconds on each one of these kneel downs, that we won't even ever have to give him the ball back. Yeah. So he did that, but maybe he didn't communicate that to the rest of the team. They got to wrestle around. They should have just let the guys through. He would have just floated around back there and then took a knee. But I really think that that man just wanted to win a game so bad for this team. They've accepted him. I've heard him talk about how he showed up on campus day one. They accepted him right away. They voted him a team captain. They really care about him. And I think he really wanted it for them. And I, I think he yeah. was just trying to do a little something extra to see if he could make it happen, and it kind of backfired on him. Now, we still won the ball game. I think we were just destined to win that right. ball game, you know. But yeah. I don't think you should fault him. I think he made a couple of misreads trying to make something happen. Those three sacks were him trying to make something happen. But like you say, he didn't throw any interceptions, and any quarterback we've had back there for the last three years oh would, have, would have gotten us picked off quite a few times. And so he, he didn't – I didn't think he did anything to beat us – and that and 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 I have never, so far he hasn't done anything to make me think we got anybody better on the bench, you know. I mean, we, no. we just don't. No, and it's not that players on the on the bench are bad, but you know his experience makes up for a lot. You know what I mean? He's been in the SEC and he's won. But here's what I want to say about Felipe Franks. I've got two things. Uh, and first, I'll go with the reason I think that he's going to get better from here starting this weekend at Auburn is because we have that win out of the way. There's not that desperation to show these guys, hey, we can win. You know what I mean? And you can say it's a brand new season. You can say whatever you want. But there was a desperation to this team, and not in a bad way. It's not like they were playing, you know, too. they were doing too much. I mean, yes, yeah, in some, some cases that that is the case. Sometimes that is the case, excuse me. But, um, you know, there was a kind of a monkey on their back, and Felipe Franks wanted to prove to this team, I think, that he could lead them to a win. Okay, and now the second thing, and more importantly, is 
you can tell, this is going back to kind of what you said, you can tell that Felipe Frank cares about this football team. He absolutely wants to win, not for himself. He's not, he's not trying to, you know, he, of course he's trying to make his draft stock go up, but you can tell that he wants this team, these guys and these players, these coaches to win. And here's when I, and I, when I recognize it, it's kind of giving me chills thinking about it, is when he threw that pass to Davion Warren in the end zone, he was the first one down there. He literally wrapped up Davion Warren in a hug and lifted him in the air. Like, just, you know, so happy for Davion Warren. It wasn't all, look at me, look at this. You know, I made a great throw, great play. It was all, look at Davion Warren, look what he did, look what we can do as a team. And I think that's something that Arkansas hasn't had maybe since Tyler Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Maybe, maybe about, Brandon Allen. You can argue about, with Brandon Allen. And what about Davion Allen? A long time. Davion, uh, his, Warren. his name just left me. Davion Warren, four catches, Davion 100 Warren. yards. One for a touchdown and one for a first down on our last drive. That that's what that and that catch right there was what forced them to have to use all their timeouts. So that when they did finally get the ball back, they didn't have any timeouts left. Yeah, I mean the the kids stepped up. What can you say? I mean, I listened to Pittman talk about him today in his uh you know opening Auburn Week presser. Um, Pittman said, you know, hey, I look at I look at Davion Warren out there and I think, you know, that's that's a starter in his eyes, which, you know, on paper he's not because you have Mike Woods, Traylon Burks, and Trey Knox. But that speaks volumes to what this kid can do. I mean, I think he's a senior. Um, he went out there and had a career day and stepped up when they absolutely had to have him. They say he's a great kid. Um, so I really respect Davion Warren. Man, I couldn't be happier for, for him at all. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. All right, we're up against the last break. We're going to take a quick one. We'll come back. I want to hear what you heard at the Sam Pittman Press Conference. We'll wrap the show up. You're listening to Through the A, a common fan podcast. We'll be right back after this. Keeping your business free from infection is serious business. Are you making sure your employees and customers are safe with solutions that are truly safe for them to use? If you're asking employees to use disinfectant all day, every day, make sure it's the right choice. If you want your customers to be safe, use the best products. Waltz D is an EPA-registered hard surface disinfectant that is FDA-approved for food contact surfaces. It's a new era of clean, built for the new normal, an environmentally friendly disinfectant that is safe, effective, and sustainable. The greatest fan cheer in all of athletics, the hog call. It would have been nice. That's kind of a blast from the past. There were maybe 25 Razorback fans in Starkville Saturday night. But, <laughs> but again, what a great win, and we won't have to ever hear. Oh, let's see. We don't have to hear that. No, well, we can hear it a couple more times. How about this? No, we don't have to hear that anymore. 
Uh, I, I listened never to again, I tell you the one thing I heard, I know you listened to uh, Coach Pittman's press conference today, and I wanted you to tell me what you heard, but one thing I heard from Sunday's press conference that I thought was critical. He said, leading up to this ball game, that the fours got the same amount of reps as the ones. And he, he really said, he said, I thought it was because we just didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. And, you know, we was trying to get everybody prepared. He said, but it turned out to be the injuries that got us. You know, the two defensive ends were out. Uh, Burks went out. Boyd went out. Grant Morgan went out for a while, but he came back. And it didn't seem to drop off when those guys left the game. And it turns out they planned for that. I mean, how many coaches, you know, give the reps, the, the fours as many reps as we give the ones? And that the only – I'm going to be honest with you. The only person I have ever heard – that did like did that was me. I used to I used to tell my coaches, look, the ones they're not going to get us beat. It's the twos, threes, and fours are going to get us beat. So we're going to spend all our time with them. The ones are going to get theirs. They know what to do. They go out there and do it. They get better. But if you can shrink that distance between the fours and the ones in a given set of practices, that's what's going to make give you a team. And that's what they did. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it it worked to perfect, perfection. Like you said, he did it for kind of COVID reasons, but ended up using it because of injuries. And, I mean, I think you're seeing that a little more now uh, with everything going on with COVID, um, but it certainly <laughs> didn't hurt him at all, did it? No. No, it didn't hurt them at all. But you had a chance to listen to his I, – I did read one little thing from his press conference. He thought we'd have Burks, Boyd, and – one other person back for Saturday that, but I, I didn't, what, what did you find out about the injuries in his press conference today? Well, uh, let's, let's start with Boyd. He said Boyd was fine. He, he should be back at practice today. So I expect him to play this weekend. Um, now he didn't go into depth saying, you know, he's going to be a hundred percent at practice today. He just said he would be at practice but I would expect Boyd to play this weekend if at all possible because the kid wants to win and he wants to be, you know, in his his own words, he wants to be the best player to ever wear number five. Now, he's got certainly a long way to go. Don't know if it's possible in one season. Uh, but, I mean, if, if at all possible, I think Rakeem Boyd, you'll see him out there on Saturday. Uh, Traylon Burks, <laughs> actually, funny enough, Traylon Burks posted on Instagram a picture of himself getting an MRI on his knee. And um, one of the reporters, I can't remember who asked. I think I believe his name is Bob, but I can't can't remember his last name. Bob I apologize. Holt. Probably Bob Holt. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't want to be wrong. But he said, you know, Traylon actually posted on Instagram that you know he's getting an MRI to, and asked Coach Pittman. He said, you know, what about him? And he said, Traylon posted what on Instagram? <laughs> Oops. And he said, uh, uh, you know, he said he was getting an MRI. He said, well, I'm I'm going to get that fixed. Uh, real quick. <laughs> uh, but he said, Traylon's uh, MRI anyway. Um, he said, if he said um, if Traylon had never posted that on Instagram, you wouldn't be asking the question because nothing came of it. He said, uh, and Bob was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean to put Traylon uh, in the doghouse. He said, well, he's not in my doghouse. I'll tell you that. So I believe Traylon, and I went and looked at the Instagram of Traylon Burks, and it was no longer anywhere to be found. <laughs> so it seems Magically like they got that uh, handled pretty quickly. Uh, but I expect Traylon Burks to be out there this weekend. 
Uh, Monteric Brown, he said he wasn't really sure when he was going to be able to come back. Uh, it wasn't anything serious. Um, I believe he just got a little dinged up um, and somewhat something to do with his head or neck. I don't know if it's a concussion uh, or anything of the sorts, but the three big names as in Monteric Brown, Traylon Burks, and uh, Rakeem Boyd, I believe two of the three will, will be back for this week against Auburn. Well, and that's going to lead us to Auburn. Now, before we go to Auburn real quick before we end the show, I think that uh, that every week we should be able to eliminate somebody from the hype. <laughs> yeah, okay. I This week, and we used to have a thing on the Common Fan called Bring Them On Out. Right. And I'll tell you the story. The story was that uh, my <laughs> – my dad used to work in a movie theater in West Memphis, Arkansas called the Avon. And they had a the, the little man. I can't remember the manager of the, of the, of the movie theater's name, but he said, he said the teenage kids would get in there and get to drinking and cutting it up, not watching the movie and making too much noise. And he'd look at and say, Dunstan, bring them on out. And so that, <laughs> that's how he would say it. So that's where that comes from. So this week I'm I'm going I I'm I'm almost as as sick as I am of of that <laughs> I'm even sicker of Kellen Mond and Texas A&M. Oh my god. They just they have they have never. I mean they're like the Detroit Lions of the NFL. They just they just they continue to disappoint. They're just they're just not good. They never live up to the hype, and they always never. try to stick them up there. And I know they do it because Texas is such a big TV market. But this week, I'm I'm gonna have to say to Texas A&M, got to bring them on out. They they just don't need to be there. They don't they don't need to be in the top twenty five. They don't. I don't even know <laughs> if they need to be in the West. But and 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 I think that'll be another victory for Arkansas when we finally get to meet them. Although it is going to be in College Station this year instead of in Dallas. Uh, but they won't have near the fan base there for it as they as they have in the past. But but yeah, I, I just think we're gonna have to bring we got to bring A and M on out. Yeah, I mean I don't have one of my own because it is Texas A and M. I believe I brought them on out last week on Probably. the CommonFanOfficial dot com. Yeah. You can go look at the date after they lost by or they, after they won by five against Vanderbilt. No offense to Vanderbilt. Shout out to the Commodores. You know I'm from Nashville, so I don't hate on them. But come on, dude, Vanderbilt, you're ranked. Texas A&M is ranked what? Uh, they were ranked 10 maybe, 30-point favorites. Go at home and let Vanderbilt almost beat them, man. They, the media does this every year. They, they say Kellen Mond is the best returning SEC quarterback. Jimbo Fisher is a genius. And all they ever end up with is disappointment. I mean, it's all they're ever going to be is disappointing. Jimbo Fisher has a humongous contract. And I guarantee you, you cannot find me one Texas A&M fan that says, you know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great contract. He earns it. There's not one of them, dude. Not one. So, yeah, well, Texas, you yeah, have to bring them on. The Texas funny, A&M, excuse me. And Texas, too, actually. Yeah, Throw it, that in there real quick. Yeah, yeah. Beat by TCU. Well, you go ahead and bring them on. Well, you know, they're, they're playing the bring them on out bowl this weekend between Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, my God. The Oklahoma, too, man. You wouldn't it's believe bring it. It's the bring I mean, them on out bowl. The, bowl do- the one that loses that ball game is done for the year. Oh, Oklahoma's already done for the year. They've got two losses. They're out. That's true. See you, Oklahoma. That's Lincoln true. Riley and Spencer Rattler. And I am fond of Oklahoma. My mom is an, is from Oklahoma. My aunt's a huge Sooners fan. I have no bad feelings toward oh, Oklahoma. No, if they're playing, shoot, I'm going to root for them. Not one bit, but, man, you're going to have to bring them on out. They're done. <laughs> it's over. So uh, what do, what do you, how do you think the uh, Auburn game is going to play out? 
Dude, that's such a hard question. And, and here's here's why. Because as Razorback fans, we have forgotten what it feels like to win. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way. I just mean it in, as how it sounds. We have forgotten what it feels like to win. I don't really know, man. I mean, I want to say the Hogs are going to go in there and beat up on Chad Morris. Uh, you know what? We should probably treat him like Voldemort. We, he, you know, he who shall the not name be not named. spoken. Yeah. Uh, you know, him as offensive coordinator. And I'd like to think that the Hogs go up in there and just, you know, whip them. Barry Odom has a beautiful game plan and they don't, they don't gain a yard, you know, but that's probably a little bit of me sipping the Kool-Aid, man. I, it's, a, it's a 16 point spread. I, I think, um, of course I'm going to hammer the Hogs money line again. Uh, cause I had them last week, uh, cause it's a double positive if they win, but I don't know. I, I really think it's going to be a good game. I don't, I'm not buying into the Auburn hype, uh, he is a clown, and uh, I don't. I think Gus Malzahn's probably thinking the same way. They put up six points last week, six against Georgia, which is a great offense, which is a great defense. Don't get me wrong, but even we put up ten. Come on, dude. Well, that is the Chad Morris offense. Let's not forget. Uh, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. Ordinarily, I think you might look at this and say uh, Arkansas comes in after the big win at Mississippi State and has the big letdown and. Doesn't play well, and blah, blah, blah. There was not one part of that victory Saturday night that had to do with emotion until the ball game was over. Exactly. That, was, that was not an emotional win. That was a game-planned, methodical, highly executed football game that led to a victory. And, and I watched Bumper Pool's press conference, and he said it was – he didn't say that. What he, he, said, there was, he said, we knew what they were going to do on every play. We were so, yep. they had never been as prepared for a football game as he was that one. You don't need emotion yeah. to win games like that. And I think, and, and I th- it was something he said, and I'm not going to quote him because I don't remember exactly what it was, but something he said was it was so nice to prepare, work hard and prepare and see it pay off that, you know, he said, I just couldn't be happier. And that is what this team is going to buy into, seeing that all oh, that yeah. hard work, all that stuff they've been doing, everything they prepared for, talked about, working, planned for, it works. And when and when you and that they, they're going to buy into it quicker than than they ha- ever have. And I think that's probably going to yeah. lead to a hog win. You know, I I think on paper, this say what you want. Okay, but this Razorback team, I don't care who you are. This is not a biased opinion right here. This is me looking at it subjectively, which I try to do because in order to be, you know, be, do do good at this stuff, do well at this stuff, you have to be as unbiased as possible. Yeah. Um, I think no matter who you are, no matter who you root for, if you look at those two first games that Arkansas played, you cannot deny that it, one, that is a physical football team. That is a team that is not afraid to hit you. And two... It's a team that works hard and they play harder. They play a hundred percent every single down on every day. No one takes a playoff. They are always there. So I think that alone is going to give some teams some fits this year and you can bank on it. I mean, I'm serious. There's no reason that Arkansas can't go out there and compete with every team on their schedule just from the, just based off those two factors. I don't disagree. Austin, thank you for joining us on through the A again this week. A common fan pod. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Until then, this is Razorback Dave saying, Go Hogs, beat Auburn.